Exodus 17 verses 1 through 7. Water from the rock. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Oreb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is this the Lord among us or not? Psalm 78 verses 12 to 16. In the sight of their ancestors, he worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zalem. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all night long with a fiery light. He split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and cause waters to flow down like rivers. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Shalom friends, it's so good to see you here today. I'm so excited to tell you this part of our story. It all began many years ago, of course, when my brother Moses you remember my brothers, Moses and Aaron? We are children of Amram and Jochebed of the tribe of Levi. When Moses was a baby, that's when our story begins. But today I'm going to tell you a different story, a story about something amazing that happened when we were on our journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. See, we had been slaves. My people had been slaves for many generations. But finally, Moses had convinced Pharaoh to let us go. And so we were heading out to the promised land, the land that God had promised us. We were very excited, of course, because we were free. Um, we were so excited and so overjoyed that we were singing and dancing and, and giving thanks to the Lord. We were so excited and, and overjoyed, in fact, that we didn't even mind those first few, few days and, and weeks of sleepless nights in the sand and long days of walking. We didn't even care. We were just so excited. And then one day we realized that Pharaoh and his army were chasing us. We were so afraid. We, we thought surely that the Pharaoh would get us and, and we would all die. And many of us wondered aloud why Moses would have led us out of slavery just to die in the desert. When Pharaoh caught up to us, we were trapped with nowhere to go. But then the Lord performed a miracle. And he delivered us through the water to safety on the other side of the sea. Experiencing that was, was confirmation that the Lord would never leave us. 
in fact, to remind us that he was, that God was always there. There was a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night that reminded us at every moment that we were not alone, that the Lord our God was with us even as we were wandering through the desert. As days turned into weeks on our journey, we, we began to get tired. Uh, one day we ran out of food. We were all so hungry. Um, many of us cried out to Moses again. <laughs> Why had he taken us out of Egypt only for us to starve to death? After this, Moses spoke to the Lord and, and asked the Lord to provide for us. And the Lord did. He, the Lord sent manna and quail. And even though it wasn't the food that we were accustomed to, it was filling. And so the grumbling about the hunger quieted. And that brings us to this part, to part of the story I want to share with you today. After we had received the miracle of, of manna and quail, we kept on our journey and we ended up in Rephidim. And when we got to Rephidim, we camped there for some time. But one of the things that we noticed when we got there was there was no water source. There was no, no stream or, or pond or sea with which to quench our thirst. And our water jugs had long been emptied many days ago. So again, we began to grumble and, and complain to Moses. And Moses was angry when, when this happened. Um, I'm sure that you know, he was tired of the, the complaining. I mean, who wouldn't be? So he asked them, why do you continue to argue with me? Why are you testing the Lord's ability to provide for us? And as they had when they were hungry, they lamented leaving Egypt and the assurance there that they had of having food and water. My poor brother, he was so frustrated. I heard him calling out again to the Lord and asking what was he supposed to do when the people were rebelling and making demands of him? As he spoke and then waited for the Lord to reply, I looked around. I couldn't see any evidence that anyone or anything was there with my brother. But even so, I, I felt something, I, presence, and I couldn't really, couldn't really tell what it was. It, it was. it was terrifying in a way, but at the same time, it filled me with joy and with peace. My brother is speaking with the Holy One, with the Lord. Moses stood there with his head bowed for what seemed like forever. And then suddenly he turned and he began walking towards this large rock that stood some distance from our camp. And I wondered what he was doing. He was walking with such purpose, carrying his staff with him. I had seen him do a lot of things with his staff. He had he'd carried it with him when he went before Pharaoh to demand that we all be allowed to go into the desert to worship. He had thrown it to the ground and, and it turned into a snake, a serpent. And it, it, it's, he picked it up and it was a solid staff again. He had touched the waters with, of the Nile and turned them into blood. He had raised it high over his head to bring the plague of frogs and lice and locusts. And he had raised it again to part the waters of the sea that allowed us to pass through safely. And then lowered again to lower the waters on the Pharaoh's army and seal their fate. He had used this staff as something of a vehicle with which to usher in God's miracles. And he carried it now like it was again going to help him to do God's will and bring about something amazing. 
But what was it? What was going to happen? I, I wondered often if God, even our patient, ever patient, ever loving God, had grown tired of all of our complaints. We complained about Pharaoh following us. We complained about no food. And now we were complaining about no water for all God had done for us. I wondered if God would, would finally just stop granting our requests. And I, as, as Moses walked away from where he'd been speaking to the Lord, I looked around and there was nothing. There was no water anywhere that I could see. And I, I, I couldn't see how God was going to provide this, this miracle. And as I, as I thought about this and I watched Moses, I, I looked around and I noticed that the elders also were watching Moses. And they looked confused, but they also looked like they were anticipating something. They looked like they, they thought maybe Moses was up to something again. And I wondered if maybe they were remembering, like I was, the other times that Moses' staff had been in his hands before something miraculous happened. So Moses marched right through the camp, right past all of us watching him, and headed for that rock that he had his sight set upon. This rock was huge. It towered over the camp, even from a distance. I was confused. What, what was he doing? Surely he didn't think he was going to get water from a rock. But he seemed so determined. I, I couldn't take my eyes off him as he got closer to that rock. And finally, he stood in front of it, bowed his head one more time, and then he raised his staff. When he brought that staff down and struck the rock, I thought maybe for a moment, I thought that he was angry that he hadn't found any water and, and he was angry that God hadn't provided for us. But then I looked, he was backing up and I gasped because at first, even though at first it was just a small spray, as he backed up away from the rock, that spray got stronger and higher it was all coming from the bottom of the rock and as as my people and i watched in stunned silence a stream of water so strong it just it broke that rock right in half and shot straight up to the sky within just a few moments it began to make a pool around the rock and soon that pool grew so that it would feed it, it would give all of our people enough water and as people began to realize this, they started cheering and jumping up and down and laughing and singing and thanking God. It was amazing. They grabbed their jars and their water skins and everyone ran towards that water to relieve their thirst. I looked at my brother at that moment. I was so surprised at what had just happened, but I was even more surprised to see that his face was wet. With tears or with the water, I wasn't sure. And he looked relieved and sad at the same time. I went with the throngs of water to, of people to the water. Oh, that water tasted so good, cool and clear and, and just, oh, it felt so good. I drank until I couldn't drink another drop. Then I filled my water skin and, and my jar, my water jar. And I looked up at that rock again and I realized that my brother had once again been used by the Lord to bring about a miracle. I looked around at all the people gathered at the edge of the water 
drinking and splashing their hot, dusty arms and faces and soaking their tired, dirty feet. They even appreciate how much the Lord had done for us. Did they see the provisions that our God had given us? Freedom, safety from our enemies, food, water, guidance. The Lord had not abandoned us. Even when we had grumbled and complained and whined, the Lord had not given up on us. As I lay in my tent that night, I continued to marvel about what I had seen that day. Water came from a rock, a rock, a hard, dry rock. Is there nothing our Lord couldn't do? I was beginning to think that I would never understand how powerful our Lord is. I was beginning to think that I would spend the rest of my life learning about all the amazing things that our Lord could do and being thankful for them. I thought a lot about how our Lord is always there. Even on those days that it's just an ordinary day. We may not see a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. We may not see a rock being torn in two by water. We may not see manna falling from the sky to nourish our bodies or quail lying about on the ground waiting for us to enjoy it. We may not see the sea close in on our enemies and remove that threat from our lives. But God is always there. God is always there even when we don't know what God's plan is. We may think that God has abandoned us. We may think that the burdens that we're carrying are too heavy or too unfixable or too overwhelming. But our God is always there. Our God is always, always there. Amen.